Hello and welcome to the Miko Bits show and I'm your host Miko Bits and today we have an exciting episode for you it is Idle Finance with a founder Matteo Pandolfi so really looking forward to this show a uh, quick disclosure my fund Gumi Cryptos Capital is investor in Idle Finance so you know we just want to keep our show very honest so those are our uh, positions here uh, so without uh, further ado, uh, here's Matteo. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, Miko. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So the opening question is always, uh, what is the problem that's solved by your project, Idle Finance? Yeah. So Idle as a DeFi yield aggregator and rebalancing protocol basically solves the problem for our users that instead of having to manually move the funds across different yield protocols in order to optimize their capital returns, their interest rate returns, they could, they have to just like deposit funds into idle and then the protocol will take care and will automatically and algorithmically rebalance funds in order to optimize the returns or minimize the risk for our users. So the main problem that it solves is that our users can stay idle and without doing anything, they can optimize their returns. Yeah, it's great, right? Because in the early days of DeFi, you know, people were always having to jump back and forth between popular protocols to kind of maximize their earnings. So, you know, this this really yeah. gives people a much more relaxing experience, you know, and obviously they can be idle while while this happens. So I'd love to kind of understand a bit more about the types of protocols that you engage and, you know, how do you uh, sort of think about underlying protocols, obviously, because, you know, with DeFi, they're just crazy things you can do to get crazy yields, you know, and so it's it's important, I think, for the audience to understand, you know, what things you are doing, you know, so they can decide whether it sounds crazy or not. Absolutely. So in terms of the underlying protocols that we aggregate with IDLE, we decided to take a path of getting only like solid and reliable protocols. As for today, we are aggregating Compound, Aave, DYDX, so we are optimizing yields across those protocols and we made it a sort of our culture. We want to give also security to our users. We want to bring security to the funds of our users. So that's our take on the on the underlying underlying protocols. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you know, obviously those are exceedingly reputable projects. So, you know, we, it definitely will give people a very nice feeling. So uh, with respect to sort of the found founding, like, you know, maybe I'd love to hear more about like yourself and your team and how did this all come to, to pass? <laughs> Absolutely. So the founding team, basically, we, uh, there is me and William that were initially like really into the blockchain and the five world. And I mean, William and I are like really old friends. We were in the same high school. We, you know, we are that kind of friends that really like always build things together. We even started before DeFi and blockchain. We, I remember we were like building automated gardens with Arduino in like high school. And so still automation. 
And then we <clears throat> we bought like a CNC and a 3D printer and started to like selling things on Etsy. So we 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 got different ventures together, venues to get ventures together. And I I really remember that like I usually like hang out in William's place and we were like just surfing the web to find inspiration for our future ventures. And I remember him like opening this website ethereum.com and telling me like hey, this is like Bitcoin, but with smart contracts. And with smart contracts, you can basically program the way the money that uh, is on Ethereum works. And I remember that I had this like haha moment because at that time he was like studying computer science. I was studying economics and finance. And I remember that specifically at that time I was analyzing with my university the the, arbit the arbitrage concept so I was looking at two-sided arbitrage triangular arbitrage all of, all of different types of arbitrage so that sparks into the, sparked into my mind uh, an idea for like okay we gotta use these smart contracts and build something together so that's like we we began with arbitrage and we started like doing arbitrage on centralized exchanges on decentralized exchanges with like uniswap and ether delta at that time it was like kind of late 2018 and and so we, we started like learning a lot about ethereum we started learning a lot about the ebm about pgas you know price gas auctions and all like how we could like um build things on top of ethereum so what we basically uh, started doing at a certain point is to we raised some funds with friends and family just because we wanted to test if that kind of system that we were building was scalable. So after that, we wanted to improve it because, you know, we saw that also so for some time the funds that we were managing were idle. So we wanted to give it more capital efficiency to those funds. And then so we... Actually, we were looking at a pair in Uniswap and Compound because we there was a discrepancy between uh, CDI, Compound DAI, and DAI in Uniswap, and also like minting and redeeming CDIs in Compound. So we started like getting knowledge regarding lending protocols, and so we said to ourselves, "Okay, that's that's really cool because we can implement a sort of like fix the old solution into our <clears throat> into our system." So we started looking at researching at lending protocols. We saw that at that time, it was early 2019. We basically, there was compound that was out. There was the YDX, the white paper, and also the protocol went out. Also BZX and Fulcrum, there was at that time. So obviously we were kind of obsessed with capital efficiency. So we said to ourselves, okay, we got to take all, all of those protocols and try to also optimize that yield. But actually we were doing manually what Idol is doing right now. And we were losing too much time on that. We were losing like days and nights at looking at the interest rates. The interest rates were volatile. So we had to rebalance a lot. So we said to ourselves, okay, let's automate this thing. And then the thing is that we were thinking about the arbitrage bot. And we were, as I said before, we were evaluating if it was scalable and it, it wasn't scalable because, you know, with, <clears throat> with arbitrage opportunities, you can have like 100 million or you can have 1 billion, but that's, that's the size of the arbitrage opportunity. And even worse, 
if you have like large capitals, you have to dilute the, the, the returns for all the token, for all the liquidity providers. So we saw in the automation that we were building with uh, lending protocols, a way to build a product that was really scalable. So after building the initial automation for, for moving the funds across different protocols, we said to ourselves, okay, now it's time to get into the market and try to and get, give this product to the market and let it try and, and give, it, give us feedback. So thanks God in, in that period, there was also Gitcoin. So we started like participating in hackathons. Initially it was like a, a, a really kind of bad, um, version of Idol initially was just like giving you the best rate at that time. But then in July 2019, we uh, we built an automation that was automatically moving the funds across different protocols to get the best yield. So after that, yeah, long story short, we uh, we we won that hackathon in July 2019. And then the, the first thing that uh, I wanted to, to, do, to do in that, that time, because at uh, that time we were three, because there was William that was managing the smart contract architecture, Samuele that uh, came after some time that was managing the front end and dashboard for Idol. And you know we had this joke that I was doing everything but code. But at that time I decided to like take some of the money that I got from my, my university and just go directly into if berlin a conference for uh blockchain and DeFi in august 2019 because i really wanted to give idol in the hands of the users and get the feedback from our users you know as a as an entrepreneur you gotta listen a lot to your users you gotta get as much feedback as possible so that's that's why i wanted to really go to if berlin and give idol in hands of the users Side effect is that I really got into the Ethereum uh, community because I really saw how like great minds were bouncing idea together and like talking about different ways to improve liquidity, capital efficiency. So I really got into the Ethereum ecosystem and also like so at, at that time was like the, the moment that I decided, okay, I want to I want to uh, be full time on this. So I also dropped my job. I was I was working at a financial risk advisory uh, consultancy agency, and then I decided to drop my job and start the uh, the adventure with Idol. At the same time, actually, Consensus was um, uh, also contacted us and told us, "Yeah, guys, this is a, a really good product," and proposed us to come to New York. Uh, for an acceleration program in order to meet other like great minds and founders like us. And obviously we said it yeah, absolutely. So we, we took a, a plane from Treviso, Italy, from New York, and then we got into this acceleration program that really got us into the weeds of like DeFi, really close to the community and founders of DeFi. So we started also seeing synergies with other protocols, with other products. And yeah, we, we are really happy to have done this kind of experience because it, it really bootstrapped our, our motivation and our knowledge and our experience in DeFi in order to make Idol as solid as possible and, uh, and to grow, grow it from that time uh, to today. 
That is fantastic. Uh, one of the things I didn't know that I really enjoyed hearing about is these very deep origins, right? Which is you were using Arduino for gardening, right? So that, that to me yeah. is so funny because in a way, like the garden produces yield, right? It produces tomatoes, <laughs> yeah. it produces, right? So if it, it, you're literally yield farming, right? With automation, <laughs> right? From all the way back exactly. to the beginning, right? Which is super funny. In a way, yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? Like, because the yield is tomatoes and like basil and like, you know, whatever you need. So it's so funny. But um, already you know, harvesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. So I, I think uh, it's, it's very exciting. I mean, what I would kind of love to get from you too, is sort of like, what are the kind of projects and founders that that you appreciate uh, you know maybe ones that have been helpful to you or ones that you think are uh, underappreciated you know I uh, would love to get kind of get a feeling from you about that so the founders and protocols that uh they, that they really helped me at the beginning I think that both compound and Aave, I think that they have been really helpful for me and the team because like this is another small story about Idol because after the after the hackathon, I remember that in the compound Discord they were talking about Idol, but they were basically saying that there was a problem with the very first version of Idol. So I was like, okay, that's that's cool. They're giving me feedback. That's perfect. And uh, and and basically what they were saying is also the the one of the main characteristics of Idol and also main like. Uh, features that um, it makes the protocol different from other sealed aggregators, which is the fact that the, the rebalance that we do is a dynamic rebalance. And the problem that Compound in Discord was underlying, uh, highlighting was basically that we had a problem which is the capital control. Because at that time, with the very first version of Idol, we were just moving all the funds from one protocol to another following the highest yield. But, you know, if like for the people that really knows about lending protocols, they will definitely know that if you move the funds from protocol A to protocol B, you're basically uh, lowering down the interest rate on protocol B and the interest rate on protocol A is getting higher. So, with this, with the first version, we were creating what we called the ping pong effect, because basically the funds were moving from protocol A to protocol B, but now the highest interest rate is in protocol A, so we gotta go back to protocol A. But then you see you have this infinite loop of rebalancing, and mm. it's not good. But that's that's why I'm telling that compound has been helpful because in a way they they also helped us like un understanding uh, an immediate a problem that we could solve. And like immediately, it, it was July 2019. In September 2019, we already solved that problem, introducing the dynamic allocation mechanism, which basically split the funds across different protocols to get the highest interest rate without having this ping pong effect. Other protocols that have been helpful, honestly, I, I really like, I've, I've met with the Ave team in, uh, in if Berlin. And Stani and all the team, I think they have a great energy and I really see how a crypto startup and a DeFi startup could become like a movement and, a, and build up a community like, well, uh, like the, the Aves community. So something that I really learned about uh, from, from Aves is how to make a community that is 
really oriented to what you want to do and that, that is really uh, um, that really likes to uh, work with the team to follow the team so I really loved how they build out the, their community uh, so th those are the main uh, protocols that uh, I learned about of course there are other main protocols that have been useful for us and then and basically um, gave us a lot of knowledge and makes made us understand a lot of things uh you also said about like undervalued protocols right sure uh in terms of undervalued protocol well of course you know like um the market um goes where the most capital efficiency is so but i really like protocols i'm thinking like right off my bat right now comes to my mind protocols like teller for example that are trying to make a risk model on top of um ethereum but by using like other financial data so i, I really think that the over collateralized loans is what made DeFi uh growing a lot in the last years but i also see like the under collateralized loans panorama something that can be improved and something that can grow a lot. So I would say that, but just right off my bat. And no, that's there, there are exciting. many, many other protocols that are undervalued. Yeah, and, and you know, we've, we've had, uh, you know, Stani on the show. He's extremely gregarious and friendly. So many founders have shouted him out because I think he's a very helpful human. Uh, you know, I did get to meet up with him in, in Miami, Bitcoin, and uh, actually he's he's uh, in town, so I'm hoping to see him uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, I think that it'll it'll be really uh, exciting too. You know, we also had the Teller Protocol on the show, so you know we, we definitely are excited about that. I'll follow up with you to see if there's other guests that we should pursue and try try to get on the show. So I, I think that um, you know. The thing that I'm really always interested to help people understand is, you know, like what are your it seems like your superpowers are definitely kind of in the area of uh, getting into the finance side, you know, and also kind of networking and, you know, finding really interesting people and topics. So, you know, I guess I'd love to kind of get a sense of like your superpowers and how, how you see them. <laughs> in terms of superpowers, I think that. Uh, our superpowers has been to get the initial intuition of like aggregating different protocols and then bringing them to the market. Another superpower that I personally think we have in the protocol right now is the governance side. In November 2020, we decided to introduce the IDLE token, you know, the IDLE governance token, because we wanted to give uh, to our users and to, to our community also ownership of the protocol and also a way to make their their voice heard uh, for the future decision of the protocol and the trajectory that the protocol was taking. But, you know, like our thesis when we released the IDLE token uh, was also that most of the token holders will tend to be passive. And that's completely fine with us. And that's completely fine because if you have to think about a stakeholder in a like a traditional company, they are not like every day talking um, making meetings or like making improvements in the protocol. They tend to be passive and that's completely fine. So another thing that I think we have as a superpower in the protocol 
is this leagues system that one of our uh, other investors, Ryan Zurer from uh, Dialectic introduced us. I remember talking with him about this problem and he told me about this leagues structure, which I think is really like a, a way to organize uh, community members and teams around the protocol in order to make it grow, work, to make it grow and to have uh, uh, different organizational units can, that work on the day-to-day -day maintenance of the protocol while the token holders decide over the budget and the mandates and the team composition for those uh, leagues. So also that it's really interesting. I, I, can, I can stay here talking about hours. Uh, I, I mean, I can stay here talking hours about these leagues because I really like the modularity of, of them because as you think about them, like we started uh, with a pilot league. So you see, we we are a startup at the end of the day. So we, we were uh, like a small team that then grew up with uh, with core contributors from the community. So with the pilot league, we decided to, do, to have also core contributors from the community working on the protocol. And then you can see like now we have a treasury league and a developer league. You can see that as a sort of like mitosis, if that makes sense, you know, yes. like a cellular mitosis that the pilot league divided into treasury and, and developer league that still are um, connected together because they have to work together, but they work on tasks that are on a different area of expertise, but on the same goal towards the same goal that is making the protocol sustainable and make it grow. In the future, I mean, we have a lot of ideas and that's why the modularity of the league structure is, is really cool because, you know, um, we got to steer the protocol across the evolution and maturation of the DeFi market. So I think that this structure gives us a lot of flexibility in order to say, okay, we need, um, we need more contribution on that area of expertise so we can form a... a a new league in order to improve that side of the protocol. You know, you, I think you know, but now we have also the marketing and communication league. And what's even, even more cool is that the community formed and bootstrapped that league and asked about that. So even the community now is understanding the league's structure and the modules that can be implemented with the league structure. And then it, it's really, it's really exciting to me, of course, you know, like the Moloch problem, like the coordination problem. Yeah. Um, you, that's that's a, a challenge, a really great challenge that there is in the governance and also with the league system. You gotta make the system that is coordinated and, and coordinate human and also financial capital in order to uh, to produce a, 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 an effect and to, to, to reach out goals. But I, I'm really excited about this kind of league structure because, yeah, the modularity of it, it's, it's, it's perfect for this kind of market, in my opinion. So those are the, the superpowers right now, both from the founders that introduced, but now are also from in the protocol, in, intrinsic to the protocol. I'm pretty happy about that. I had a conversation yesterday with Stephen McKeon from Collaborative Fund about governance, you know, and he was very interested in the example of things like the Lao and Flamingo that really focused on these very domain 
kind of subcommittees, right? So I think the league structure you're describing really optimizes for a bottom-up modularization, which is very logical because I think the biggest problem with governance is typically that you have to have an intersection of the people who are knowledgeable, who really care about, you know, the protocol. <clears throat> and the caring has to kind of apply to the total, the whole of the system, right? But not everybody has complete knowledge of everything, right? So you really have to kind of create these bottom-up kind of subgroupings. So I, I really think it's an admirable uh, and, and intelligent structure for decentralized uh, organizational governance. So, you know, I think that's, that's terrific. Uh, one thing I wanted to shift gears and understand is sort of the numbers, right? Which is, you know, can yeah. you give us a sense of kind of the current kind of traction numbers and current, you know, kind of metrics associated with uh, IDLE? Absolutely. So right now the protocol has been uh, growing a lot since and the managing million in, uh, in asset under management. This is giving us, uh, it's the protocol since uh, last year has been giving like about 6 million of returns in interest rate returns to our users. And if you analyze the returns right now with 275 million, with the, the performance fee that the protocol takes, it's about 2 million per year right now. Of course, with the growth, I mean, we, we passed from uh, uh, 5 million in November to 20, uh, 275 million now. So it's a pretty good growth and we are planning and looking forward to make it grow more. So that's, that's more regarding the, the metrics and the numbers for the protocol. That's exciting. And so, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, 273 million effectively uh, sort of TVL, I guess, you know, what are your sort of feelings about, you know, are, are there any kind of natural limits or, you know, how do you see this, you know, and wh where do you see this going in, in, in the longer run? Yeah, so <laughs> that's a good question because internally <clears throat> our first milestones that we have and we want to reach as soon as possible, of course, is the 1 billion milestone. But Danny, you know, if you think about like Vanguard or Big Rock, I mean, <clears throat> they're managing and that there's something like comparable to what yield aggregators protocol, DeFi, big DeFi protocols like Compound, Aave, Wyern, uh, or us, um, they're managing trillions. Uh, I think like Big Rock has right now seven or eight trillions that are managing. So of course the, the, the sky is, is the limit. But yeah, that's that's like a milestone, so really long-term milestones that all the DeFi needs to um, to point at. But yeah, internally, the very first milestones that we're looking at is one billion milestones, and that we will build more out from that. Yeah, that's it seems like a, those are great goals, and you know, they're very logical and seems very reasonable, uh, especially the important role that uh, yield aggregation will play uh, in the in going forward. So. Uh, I guess for me, would love for you to touch a little bit on like roadmap and, you know, a little bit about sort of, you know, what are the upcoming, you know, improvements that you're most excited about? Mm -hmm. So I think we can split now the roadmap into three main topics, strategies, protocol and governance. So on the strategies side, you know, right now we have two different strategies with either the best yield and the risk adjusted strategy. 
Um, what we are working on right now are two different types of new strategies that we want to introduce to our users in order to enlarge the suite of strategies that we have. One is coming from a partnership web that we're doing with Nexus Mutual, which is for their brand new product, the yield coverage product. Uh, we would like to offer to our customers and to our users and liquidity providers these covered yield strategy, where they are basically the, the cool thing about this strategy, which is one of the problems that we got in the past with insurances, especially for yield aggregators, is that this new, this new product uh, covers the entire stack of protocol that are included into the strategy. So both idle, compound, AVID, YDX, so it's the entire stack. And that's, that's really interesting, especially like for, in order to give a more diversified risk uh, strategy. So that's one of the strategies that we're working on to have like a full covered strategy that basically buys up insurance with uh, the yield that is gained by that strategy. Still on the strategy side, we have another really cool product um, which is the trenches strategies. On one side, the trenches strategies, on one side, we are doing a partnership with, um, with Barnbridge. We are talking a lot. They are a great team. I love how their energy and also they are really like security oriented and <clears throat> it's similar to our culture. So I really like that team. And um, so on one side, there is the partnership that we, uh, we are making with Barnbridge <clears throat> regarding the fixed yield for tranches. But on the other side, we are also working on our kind of model of the tranches. And I don't, maybe I don't want to spoil too much, you know. But help, but help, uh, help, uh, but help the audience a little bit with this term. So, you know, when you talk about tranches, the tranches? like, yeah, like yeah, uh, give, give, break that down for us a little bit better. Absolutely. Tranches basically are a strategy that divide the yield into two different type of tranches. So the senior and junior tranches. The junior tranches will get, will basically cover up the senior tranches in the case of a catastrophic event or like losses of funds. So you can see that like you're giving a, an higher APY to the junior tranches. So they are recompensated for the risk that they are taking. And on the other side, you're offering to your customers a senior tranche that is more stable, has a lower API, but has also an intrinsic um, higher risk profile, has a better risk profile compared to the senior, to the junior tranches. What we're trying to introduce in Idle with this new product for the tranches is basically also what the C tokens in 2019 introduced. So we would like to make it more like continuous. I don't want to, as I said, I don't want to spoil too much, but that, that's something that we really like because it will give flexibility to this protocol, to this product and also to our liquidity providers to use these trenches strategies. So that's, that's only on the, on the strategy side. On the, on the pro, protocol side instead, the next big thing is the staking, the idle staking. It's something that our users has been asking a lot. If I have to think about like Idol Cafe, we have a, a more like DJs app, you know? And uh, I, I remember that like almost every day we have someone that is asking, is asking where, where can I stake Idol? So we really hear from them and we want them to, and we're building that out. It's really soon. I mean, it's coming out really soon. 
And um, we, we really like the concept because we are also sharing part of the fees that the protocol is getting. And the cool thing of the model that we, we choose, we, we, we have chosen, is basically, uh, it's, it's, the, it's based off the curve model. But what I really like about that model is the fact that we can give uh, benefits both to re more retail users, but also to more like B2B users. So you can encapsulate into the same staking model, both benefits for retail users, but also a lot of benefits for B2B users. We are starting with the fee sharing, uh, with the staking, with the idle staking. It will be really soon. We are ultimating now uh, today, like Samuele shared with us some screenshot for the new dashboard for stakers. So it's really soon. And that, that's on, that's the main, the next big thing for the, for the protocol side. And we are all really excited about that. Last thing on the governance side. So of course our roadmap is to like the, the, the vision is to enlarge the uh, league system. So to introduce other leagues, uh, depending on the needs of the protocol. In our initial view, there was also like a yield, uh, yield league that was managing like the strategies, helping out the developer league in order to uh, maximize and optimize these strategies but also like producing financial records in order to um, give to the community and our customers um, more financial um, reports about the protocol. Or we are thinking about also compliance league. We, we have many ideas on the, on the league's side, but a, a really cool thing that we are also working on right now on the governance side is the concept of uh, B2D uh, collaboration, DAO to DAO collaboration. We started off with the B2B, but we wanna, we, we are also like working on the B2D side because, you know, I think that that's, that's really interesting because um, in like, since we are all working and living on the rails of the, of the Ethereum and blockchains, with like, like a D2D collaboration, it could be really a reciprocation agreement where like a, a, a protocol and a DAO is providing a service to another DAO and the other service might also provide this another service. The other, the other protocol is providing another service to the DAO. So I see it as a, a really a reciprocation, a reciprocal agreement um, between different DAOs. And that's, that's really exciting. And that's something that we're working a lot on the, on the governance side. And honestly, just to make a comparison with like some historic thing, you know, uh, in, in, in Italy, in, in Benetton, in the region where I come from, uh, there is this thing in like the consons consortium. So basically there were like different uh, departments in for like shoes, uh, for making shoes. They were artisans. They were just artisans. So small, like, little um, teams and, and companies that were working and specializing on a specific service. But then they all started to like interact between each other, to interlace relationships, to exchange services. And that became an industry just because of these like small teams and companies that were putting together their knowledge. So like at the end of the day, they became like, companies like Lotto, like uh, Jelx or like Prada or the, these kind of things. So, I mean, they, they really became a, a huge and, and mass market 
So I really, that's why I really like the D2D um, concept because I can see how DeFi can really grow a lot by interlacing different DAOs and by giving service and, and products between different DAOs in order to grow, uh, to grow the entire ecosystem. So th that was on the, on, the, on the governance side. So we're working a lot also on the D2D agreements. Yeah, I, I love the thinking. You know, for me, I've been thinking recently about the historical renaissance, right? And one of the fascinating things that emerged in the renaissance, obviously, it, there was art patronage. So we're seeing some of that already where wealthy Bitcoin sovereigns are now providing patronage to NFT artists, right? So this is something that occurred in the Renaissance, in the historical Renaissance, right? But in a sense, the nucleus of the European historical Renaissance was actually in Italy. And, you know, of course, the church being in, in Rome or in the Vatican. So, you know, th this is such an interesting history because you're talking actually about the rise of skilled crafting guilds, right? The people who are building these uh, shoes or building, you know, leather craft or building, you know, each different group has a, a, a skill, right? And these skills are being sort of concentrated into these guilds, right? So you can really see these DAOs as a way of concentrating, you know, skilled craft uh, makers, right? And that each maker is sort of like a guild that concentrates a specific craft, right? So when you when you go to like a barn bridge, right, and you're really talking about sort of like uh, the idea of senior and junior tranches, or you're talking about risk analysis around this, you know, I, I definitely encourage people to go watch uh, the episode of uh, Miko Bits show with Tyler from Barnbridge, you know, because I think you'll get a deeper insight, and you'll I think you'll also really appreciate why. Idle Finance has chosen to kind of partner with them on things like risk analysis and understanding of these tranches, right? So it, it seems like what you're devising is something that is part of this sort of evolution of DeFi. Absolutely, absolutely. So I would love to kind of get from you too, like what your kind of motivations are. Like, you know, how what are the, and this can be a very personal thing. It doesn't have to be kind of a, corporate thing, you know, so, you know, but what are the things that personally get you going, you know, the things that make you passionate, you know, whether it be references, books, movies, or, you know, your heroes or anything, uh, you know, it could even be a cup of coffee. So whatever it is that, you know, how does, how do you get moving and what, what are the exciting things for you? Honestly, if I, uh, like what gets me up every day is essentially like, of course, I have an inclination to like, uh, you know, I, I already said that uh, we have this obsession with capital efficiency. I'm, I'm kind of like on the financial side. That's, that's something that I'm really passionate about. I'm, I'm really love to like research about how we can optimize and, and maximize both fields, but also on the, on the risk side, I, I, I really like, I've been working in that sector and I really see like, um, that that's something that in my knowledge, I, I can put my knowledge in order to make it better and to, to better manage the risk side for, for the product. So that's more like on the financial side. Um, something that really like motivates me is also the community, honestly, even though like, of course there are like tough times, but you know, tough times always pass. Uh, tough people don't. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like, uh, I really like how 
we are close to the community and how like compared to trade to the traditional financial ecosystem and industry we are so like transparent and open to the discussion with the community something that i really love is also the governance forum the governance forums for all the protocols but obviously i'm leaving more on on the idols one but i really like how we can like exchange ideas and you know like maybe the the old model was you know these startups with these like big brain uh, founders with on they, they they were only deciding but now like in defi there are still great minds of course and there there the need it needs to have like great minds in in the protocols but something that i really like is that the community can also give their contribution and you create this network effect of ideas that uh, help us uh, like grow a lot so that's that's also something really exciting is like the community interaction that we have that brings us a lot of ideas and brings to the protocol a lot of value so i would say that as like main motivation that are for me at least for for working in DeFi. I mean, it's super exciting the way you're describing this, right? Because in a sense, what's happened is is that value actually starts to arise within community, right? And as you engage your community and even adopt some of your community's ideas, the level of engagement, the level of excitement that your community has increases, right? And they, they become kind of your principal evangelists and sponsors. And, you know, because ultimately, like, people really want to... Uh, participate, right? They want to feel included, and they want to feel like yeah. they're part of something much bigger, uh, which is which is exciting. So I, I love the mindset. Um, so with respect to kind of the long vision, you know, not even just scoped to idol itself, but like you know the vi- your your long term vision of the the what I call the big idea, right? Like how do you mm-hmm. see? You know, I think probably related to DeFi, but like, you know, just related to human you know, society. Like, how, how, how do you, what do you see as sort of your big idea? Yeah, so, well, that, 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 that's a really big question in terms of like also the human society, but I really like it because, I mean, you know, like if you have to analyze the current um, history and current time that we are right now, we have all the technology and and also like the period that we just passed, you know, it, it's been like a sort of like forced digital education for the old world. So I see that like people are starting to think in that like uh, working every day in office is something that is not needed and they can work basically from rem- remotely. Honestly, I still value the human feedback of course i i for with idol and with the leagues for example i also propose to do like some recurrent retreatments or like meetings with both both the league's team but also the community in order to keep this human feedback but i think that the the human society right now is understanding that they don't need to be like all all in the same place all in the in like all in the big cities you know so I see that as a sort of like change that can happen. Of course, I cannot like uh, read the future, but still, that's something that I can see happening. Like uh, um, the human society will become more like uh, sparse yeah, across the world in some ter- like in some ways, you know. And I mean, DeFi and DAOs just fit really well with this vision because I mean, we are natively 
working from remote, we are natively uh, thinking that it doesn't matter if we have someone that is working from Australia, someone that is working from US, someone that is working from Europe. I mean, we are decentralized. So um, I think that the human society is now realizing this, that they can, with the technology that we have today, they can basically have a life and work whatever they want. And I think that like the bigger picture is that DeFi could have to fit into this new paradigm and this will make it grow. Of course, I'm, 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 I'm biased, of course, a little bit, but that's, that's what I'm, I'm seeing for the long-term vision. Yeah, that's a beautiful vision. And I think the thing that I'm seeing in your design, right, both with this idea of D2D, DAO2DAO, as well as the design of the leagues, right, is that you're really creating these concentrations of expertise, right? And then you're kind of creating the ability for these expertise, obviously completely non-geographic, right? But you're really saying like the earth could use this concentration, right? And then these concentrations can then, you know, interact with each other to create like a public good. So, you know, that that seems like a, you know, a, a pretty grand future. Exactly. Yeah, wonderful. Well, you know, this has been a great uh, journey. Uh, I would love to kind of have, you know, give you the final word. Like if you have anything that you feel like you'd love to add, uh, you know, even if it's just kind of where to follow you and the company, like those are very welcome. Or or if you have any other statements you'd love to make, uh, I'd love to have you close out with that. Yeah. Absolutely. So regarding the uh, how to follow Idol, I think that uh, the main channel that we have is in Twitter. So feel free to follow us in Twitter. We would be happy to, to see you there and also to, to like and, and retweet our posts. Uh, if you want to talk with the team, uh, you got to jump on either the governance forum if you have ideas to propose and you want to structure a more like uh, structured proposal. Uh, if you want to have like a small talk or just to ask something to the team, Discord is where we live the most or even Telegram, we also have a Telegram channel. So those are the main channels that we have. And other than that, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm really excited for this summer because we are seeing a lot of growth also for the scalability of the ecosystem. So I think that's, that's something that we will, we will also work on and we will participate, participate in. So I'm really excited to for this summer and DeFi because I see it as a, as a great opportunity to take this market into the mass market and make it really grow. So yeah, I, I would like to close with that because yeah, I'm really excited to, to go into this summer and see both on our side with the protocol to make, keep growing the, the leagues and keep growing the contributors from the community, but also to give our um, contribution to the entire ecosystem and make it grow. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, all of those channels and jumping off communication points can all be accessed through the simple web URL, idle.finance. So, you know, you can look at the website and follow the little links to everything. And, you know, so I think it, it's, it's definitely a wonderful project to watch. And, uh, you know, I think that the idle staking and all of these kind of improvements coming, you know, I think will be very welcome and, you know, really promising, especially in light of what we think will be a general DeFi summer, 
you know, especially, you know, in July with the beautiful changes coming to Ethereum. So, you know, we, we definitely are all looking forward to these great times. So th thanks for having uh, uh, some time for us on the Miko Bits show. <laughs> Thank you, Miko. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you.